The reading is from John, chapter 10, verses 22 to 33. The unbelief of the Jews. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, the Jews picked up the stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. The New Testament reading is taken from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 17 the great multitude in white robes. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory, and wisdom, and thanks, and honour, and power, and strength. Be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen.
I wanted to share with you something that um, most, many, many, or if not most of you will know that uh, Reverend Paul Glass produces um, now each week uh, a reading associated with the lectionary. I want to think about listening, listening and seeing and being like sheep, being like sheep. I have a strange relationship with my sat-nav, that soothing, slightly disembodied voice that tells me what to do, and I do it. That little blue car on the purple line that represents my progress through the world. Sometimes I wish my life were that simple. You could, um, you could tap in your intended destination, in this case, heaven. And after acquiring satellites, a little line would appear that you would navigate you through life. And if in doubt, just check the screen for your landmark and how long it's going to take for you to get there. There are moments when I think that would be a good thing. But then again, and I realize that my satnav has done something very subtle and unhelpful in my life. It's made the journey far more about the final destination than the places that I travel through on the way. The purple line on the screen is very unforgiving. It doesn't like it when I stop to take on food and water. It becomes cross when I miss a turning and it has to recalculate the route. It's not interested in me seeing things along the way and stopping to wander and wonder. I cannot believe that my route to God is like that. God gives me wonderful, messy, glorious people along the road to care for and love. God gives me ample choices to go on detours and be enriched by the experience. God loves it when I stop to enjoy the view and to breathe in the air of discovery and love. So perhaps my wish that my life could be simple in the way that my satnav is simple, is not a very helpful one. Perhaps satnav has changed my relationship to the journeys that I take. I pray, Lord, that you will gently guide me as I wander, but that you will bless the detours of my life, gently guiding me back, should it be needed, to the path that you long for me to tread. So who has a sat-nav in their car? Okay, Get, wait a minute, I haven't said put your hands down yet. Oh no, you've got to work this morning. You've got a sat-nav in your car. Leave your hand up if you also have a road atlas in your car. Oh yes, great. You know what I said about not being very good at following instructions? 
Um, I have a, a, a long time ago, my wife very generously bought me for Christmas a sat-nav in, you know, when you stuck it on your windscreen, but then they started putting sat-navs in cars, didn't they? And we all thought that was wonderful until we realised it was just another way for motor manufacturers to get more money out of us when we paid for the upgrades every two or three years. But the great thing about the sat-nav my wife bought me is you could buy different voices. You could buy different voices. I used to drive her mad because when she got in the car to use the sat-nav, she had no idea who was going to be talking to her. I had Basil Fawlty. John Cleese. Right! Turn right! No, the other right! And that would hector you. I also had Darth Vader. And you know when you decide to go and have a look at something and you go off the marked route, you'd gone about 100 yards off the marked route and the voice would say... I am disappointed that you do not trust the force. <laughs> Those of you with satnavs, how many of you, when you go on a journey, follow it exactly all the way till you get there? Well, they were a waste of money, weren't they? <laughs> Remember the all we like sheep bit? Yeah, all the sheep following. You've got this. You know, there are people, do you know, there are people who are sweating in little tin sheds somewhere, updating all of these maps and creating all of the algorithms that let satnavs work out the best way for you to get to where you want to go to. All you have to do is tell it where you want to be. And it will get you there. And we still ignore them. Especially if they do... I, I, had, a, I had a car a few years ago, and it, it had a sat-nav that seemed to be absolutely enamoured with the narrowest possible lanes it could find in Kent. And wherever we went in Kent, we always ended up driving... Down. My wife would never drive. Because she said, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. We're going to end up somewhere in the Kent countryside in a lane that's just wide enough for the car and then a tractor will come. And you will expect me to reverse up the lane so the tractor can get past and I'm not doing that. I don't do going backwards. It's a curious thing that we struggle so much as human beings with something that's absolutely clear. Something we think we thought we put our faith in. Something that we thought was so certain. But find it so easy to decide it's not the right thing. It's not the right thing. This is where Jesus, in this translation, it's headed, Jesus is rejected by the Jews. Jesus is rejected by the Jews. This is about the time of the festival of dedication, and Jesus was walking in the temple. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. 
If you are him, tell us plainly. Now that sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it, really? Could have saved a lot of time and messing about Jesus, couldn't he? If he said, well, yeah, actually, you know, bang to rights, it is me. How did you know? But he doesn't. But think about how this reading ends. What happened at the end? That was interesting, wasn't it? It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, though only a human being, are making yourself God. Hang on a minute. Two minutes ago, you were asking me if I was really the Messiah. You wanted me to say I was and, and, and prove it and, the, and get it all over with. But now you're saying, if I say that, it's blasphemy and you're going to stone me anyway. Hmm. Not much of a deal, is it really? Not much of a deal. And Jesus, in the way that Jesus is and does, has an absolutely cracking response to them when they talk about it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. I have told you. Anybody ever use that immortal phrase, especially within the family, of how many times do I have to tell you? How many times do I have to tell you? We all, well, I mustn't say, I mustn't project my failings on you. I certainly do. I used to have when my daughters were at home, it was great. I had some fantastic arguments with my daughters. It was real door slamming stuff, you know, but they told me I'd not got to do that. Um, but you do things and they would eventually turn around exasperated and say, but dad, why does it matter? Why does it matter? And I thought I was being clever because I said, well, okay, if it doesn't matter, do it my way. What's unreasonable about that? What Jesus was saying to people is, I am here in the world. I am doing things that you can witness. I am not hiding away. I am not hiding myself. I am showing you how I am. I am showing you that I am doing the work of my Father. I am showing you that I am doing God's work. I am showing you that I am calling people to me. What do you want? What do you want? Well, I... It's simple, really, isn't it? I want to see what I think is the right answer. I want to see the things I think you ought to do. I want to see and hear about the right things. The right things. There's a lovely story told by um, a chap who is actually a folk singer from my part of the world, from up in the northwest, a chap called Mike Harding. And he tells a story of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And during this story in Sodom and Gomorrah, they're talking about Lot and his wife and his sons and his sons were all escaping. And they've been told not to look back, haven't they? You know this story. Good tea time yarn. And um, so they're doing this. And Lot says, look not back. And his wife says, no, I have to look back. Why? He said, well, it's those Arkwrights at number 23. They're going to get it first. Judge not, lest ye also be judged. There's something about the things that God presents us with. It's the things that, and I didn't know Paul was going to write this. This dropped in my inbox at at something like half past ten last night. I didn't know he was going to write that, but God did. God did. I told you about God's sense of humor, haven't I? God did. And I have the same feeling of the whole thing about God trying to guide me through my life and the fact that I keep thinking I know better. You know, I keep thinking I know what would be a much better way of doing something. I've, I've got this thing, I know what I should be doing. And do you know what it's like when, um, ladies, excuse me, gentlemen, you may understand a little of this. If you have, uh, and this goes back to the road atlases in cars, if instead of a sat-nav, you have a sat-nag, for some reason there seems to be a universal truth which involves uh, gentlemen being daft enough to say to their wives, will you please navigate, when it is a well-known fact and you know, unavoidable that ladies generally, not universally, not universally, but generally, can't read maps. Come on, lads, back me up. But you get this, and, and it seems to go, you know, it seems to go this sort of thing. Right, you need to turn right. When do I need to turn right? There. Well, all right, I haven't done that right turn. What can I do now? Well, there's another right turn further on. Oh, okay. But that doesn't go anywhere. Um, Now, it's a a massive generalization. But you know what's happening? Uh, They do tell us that because we're now so reliant on sat-navs, people are very bad at finding their way. People are very bad at finding their way. Because what do sat-navs tell you? Think about it. Where does a sat-nav take you to in the instant you are following it? It takes you to the next turn. That's all it does. It takes you. The only time it shows you your whole journey is right at the beginning. You know, when it shows the route. It shows the whole journey and the route. And then after that, it takes you to the next turn. Mine, I live about uh, 100 meters from the end of my road. And as I drive out of my drive onto the road, it says, take the next left. Well, I know it's the next left. I have to go that way but that's all it tells me. But I want to know where I'm going. I want to see, uh, like Paul is saying there in his little dramatized interpretation, what can we see along the way? Is anybody else a planner? 
Anybody like to plan, you know, make life plans and things like that? No, it's just me then. Oh, good, there are some people. Life plans. Don't you like doing life plans? You know, or career plans? Anybody done career plans? It's great when you do life plans and career plans because it's the only time in your life you can be absolutely certain what the outcome is going to be. It's not going to work out like that. It never does. It never does. And yet in the Gospels, God is giving us something that says, look at what Jesus is doing. Look how Jesus behaves. Look at the things that are important in Jesus' life and be like that. And you will find yourself in the right place. The reading from Revelation is the right place. It talks about the right place. This multitude from every nation. There was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Standing before God and the Lamb upon the throne, Jesus on the throne. But did you get the little question that was in the middle of that? The little question. One of the elders addressed me saying, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? And I said to him, sir, you are the one that knows. Don't they say the best sort of questions to ask are the ones where you know the answer? Because you find out what the other person's thinking and how they perceive things. This is all about the twists and turns in life. This talks about people coming through the tribulations, their challenges in life, all of their challenges in life, and coming to God. Every single person has challenges in life. Every single person goes in different directions all the time. Every single person has their moments of doubt. So what are we to do? What are we to do? There's a sort of sat-nav in the Bible, in a way, can take us, in general terms, to the next turn, if we read it in a particular way. But if we read it in a wholesome way, it turns more into a road atlas. It helps us to understand all of the options that we have to move towards the goal. And more than anything, we should think about Jesus and his life. And what was Jesus really good at with human beings? What was Jesus really good at with human beings? He had a phenomenal ability to see what was needed. He was paying attention all the time. He would see what was needed. And he had an enormous ability to listen to people. One of the greatest challenges we have in our world today is to find the time to look carefully and to listen carefully. Another bit of 
providence and serendipity. I was speaking to somebody only yesterday who said, oh, I've got this great little thing on my phone that somebody sent me. And I can't quote it verbatim, but I'll give you my best shot. I should have asked him to send it to me. But it basically said, when your little things are talking about little things, listen carefully. For when they become big things, and they talk about big things, you may not hear them. You may not hear them. And how many of us sometimes miss entirely what Jesus wants for us in our lives because we don't see and we don't listen. So, as the amusing poster says, if I want to leave you with a thought to take away, it's be alert. You know what the second line of that is, don't you? Be alert because Britain needs alerts. Be alert. There's a whole world out there and it's God's and we have our part to play in that world. And we can only do it if we watch and see and listen. And you know what? That's not for us. It's for other people who at that moment in time may really, really need it. Amen.